It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Okay, welcome to episode 16 of our second series of CORE podcasts. This one again focuses on CORE 2020, and this one's going to focus on a concept that is really important for the CORE 2020 standard. I've got uh, Michael Falls and David Dometto back with me here to help shed some light on this somewhat tricky concept, and it's one that is new to CORE 2020 and somewhat distinct from what people may have experienced in our previous CORE standard in Ontario. Um, we talked about procedures already in another podcast that I had with uh, Deb and Peter earlier in this series, but this one's really going to talk about how you determine, um, you know, what you're writing the procedure for, what is the procedure versus what is the implementation. So uh, we're going to dig into this, but first I'm going to get uh, these gentlemen to introduce themselves and, you know, tell us what their role is. Well, I'm David Demetto. I'm a health and safety management system consultant, uh, core consultant with the IHSA. And I'm Mike Falls, uh, same as David. I'm a health and safety management system core consultant um, with IHSA. Well, and it's it's three for three. Yeah. <laughs> Marin and my uh, my title is is the same. Uh, usually, we go with core consultant for short. It just rolls off the tongue a little better. Uh, and our major touch point with you as you're going through the core audit process is going to be the review of your internal audit submissions. So when you put together an internal audit and you send it off to the IHSA, well, we're the we're the people who are going to be reviewing that audit with with a few other colleagues um, and providing you your results. So I think to to kick this one off, you know the the title is procedures for procedures, um, which is a little cryptic. But I wanna I wanna start with sort of the summary statement that's. You know, Core 2020 is focusing on the system approach for developing your audit. This is about not developing a manual for a company, but developing a health and safety system for a company that makes sure all those those processes that are there work together. You know, one event will trigger another when necessary, and that it operates sort of independent of of individuals and systems. That it basically your system is prepared to deal with whatever you face. So, um, you know, I'm hoping to get some thoughts from you guys on on that. Yeah, you know, we typically have a, a systematic approach when we talk about our operations or the work that's being performed. Um, but we have to have that same systematic approach when it comes to our uh, occupational health and safety management system itself, right? Uh, procedures will exist, you know, for completing work tasks, but we also need to have some procedures that show how we're going to write those procedures. Okay. So if I understand what you're saying, you know, we're not just looking at, you know, you have your confined space procedure. We have, you have a procedure for your office workstation setup. You have something for driving related procedures, but you're actually developing a procedure that's going to describe almost a, an internal template for how all of those types of procedures, no matter how different their content, how all of those are actually being developed by your organization and maintained. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, we want to make sure that the procedures um, are, are similar, right? They should be spelled out the same way. Could be the scope, responsibilities, definitions. Um, they should be all, they should be the same for, for all of them. And why do we like that? Um, well, it, it just, I think it makes it easier. For everybody to, when they're looking at it, they know that it's going to start off with, and then however you, however the company wants to or the firm wants to spell it out, uh, everybody knows that it's going to start off with 
this, then this comes next, and this comes next, right? So it doesn't matter if it's uh, for a procedure on, on how to work in a confined space or if it's for a procedure on how we're going to do that. It's very user-friendly in that sense. And I think we see that with things that where format is often legislated, like an SDS, right? For sure. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this, yeah. like, you know, sections spelled out. And, and you know, we've seen uh, proof, I guess, over time that when you have things with a consistent format where people know how to use them quickly, that's going to be more effective. So the, the uh, thing yeah. with this, too, is it's not just about, you know, you know, here and now we have this, this system operating and it's running smoothly. But the idea with this is, once we can kind of create that idea of, hey, if we build our system a, a very specific way to get that consistency, if we have to change pieces or let's say people, mm. the person coming in now has the ability to recognize, hey, this is the process for doing this. And it kind of brings them up to speed much faster, uh, be it on you know managing the system, being part of working through the system, knowing what their role is within that system. Fair enough. And so when it comes to the idea of um, turnover in terms of staff, I think that's an interesting thing. It's something that a lot of our clients do struggle with is that, you know, you could take the originator then of the program out of your system and someone else would be able to um, recreate it. I mean, there, I'm sure there'd be a learning curve, don't get me wrong, but but you'd be able to um, continue creating things that look the same, follow the same flow, and and aren't missing any of the same considerations so that everything can be sort of um, continued and, and really protects, again, your due diligence um, in terms of being an organization, that there's no gap in your system that you've committed to. Okay, so that makes sense. Why are we talking about it in terms of this? Are there elements where this is like, the deal? Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, element three is is uh, a big one for us, right? 3.2, uh, procedures required on how to, uh, you know, create our, our formalized controls, our safe work procedures, how we're going to develop and review um, those items, right? Um, how are we going to implement this procedure? Or how are we going to implement this procedure, Um when it comes to things like writing safe work practices, things like that. Okay, so for element three, I guess if I'm if I'm gonna sort of summarize, um, the procedure in element three is telling us. In element three, sorry, I shouldn't skip over. Element three is formal controls, um, and there we're going to be talking largely about things like safe work practices, safe job procedures um, that you're writing. So in that sense, those safe work practices and safe job procedures. That's the implementation. That's the output. That's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the confined space program and and the different programs. Whereas the procedure question in element two, which is the 3.2, the point two question is always the procedure. That one's going through how do we create any procedure that we find out we need to present, create. So we already had confined space and office workstation. Now we're creating a new one because suddenly we're involved in daylighting operations. So that, how are we going to develop that one, making sure we've got the right people in the room, going through the right process with the right considerations and the right approvals? Yeah, and if you've got that spelled out already on how we do it, right, it's, it's going to be easier, right? So it doesn't matter if you are doing a, uh, a procedure for an office environment, but like you said, going into daylighting, it's something maybe we've, we've taken on a new task and right. we're, it's still mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah, right? fair we've enough. It's done the same way. And I guess... In terms of why we're talking about this, I don't know about you guys, but for most of the systems that I've seen to date, this is new. 
I don't see a lot of firms that actually have this formalized in a written document to say how they're going to develop their other written documents. And that's where this is really, uh, in Core 2020, asking a lot of firms to take an additional step um, and an important one to create that system that we mentioned. Um, I think Element 5 is another example. I don't know if you want to talk about Element 5 company rules. Yeah, well, they're, you know, the, the development for, of the procedure for that, right? We want to make sure that the, uh, that the rules that we spelled out, you know, are they approved? Uh, the rules themselves are the implementation part of it. But, you know, how did we come up with those rules, right? And who came up with them? Who approved them? Okay. So right. the rules are in the program. That's, that's right. not the, that's not the procedure? No, the rules are in the program. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the output, right? Yes, Even though yeah. they're written in, they're mm-hmm. formalized as part of our system. It's still the output. Yeah, how do we um, how do we how do we get to the point where we started to identify what we should create or how we should create our rules and and get I, those I, in the workplace? I find it funny sometimes too. It's like, how did your rules come to be? Yeah. For a lot of firms that have an existing set of rules, it's like they've always been there. Yeah. Okay. Well. Why? How? Where did they come? And if you can't answer that, definitely time for a solid review to make sure you can say, well, we reviewed it in 2022 and updated it to make sense for our organization. So just looking at how your how your set rules come to be and how they are reviewed if necessary. Um, I know in my previous experience uh, working with a general contractor, um, there were always needs for new rules. As the new things came up, new surprises were encountered, um, there was a need to make adjustments to things that was in there. So, um, you know, what triggers that? How does it tie into change management, element 14.2, and other pieces of your, your system? Right. Um, I think another one of those, just real quick, that uh, we really see it clearly in Element 11 as well, which is your emergency response. Typically, you're going to be writing quite extensive emergency response procedures uh, for your locations. Yeah. Again, these are implementation for this element. This element, what we want to see in 11.2 is the actual procedure for creating those to make sure you're getting the same quality output of, of those procedures every time you write one for a specific location. Yeah, you want that consistency, right? Like. My, my office ERP should be very similar to the one on the site. The only thing that's going to change is the basic information based on those locations. But the procedure to get there, that's to right. create that the process, same. has yeah. to be the same. And again, the fact that then they look similar, you can find the same information in the same places. This is good, especially in an emergency situation. You know, sure. if, if the contact info you need is in the same place every time, yeah. that's going to be a win. Yeah. I, I mean, sure. yeah. Um, and so you get that consistency, I guess, through this process in the common written items. So a policy is going to look like a policy for you. Uh, you know, an assessment is going to look like an assessment for you. Whatever you've created that to look like is going to be consistent throughout your program. I mean, you, you look at, you look at like, we use SDS sheets as one of the examples already. But, I mean, look at a CSA standard. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they are written... Exactly the, the same, same all the time. time. And yeah. as a matter of fact, they have a, a, a procedure for writing procedures themselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> like there's a reason for that, right? So that, again, it comes down to that, that, that consistency. So if I'm, you know, in an industry and I get that standard, um, I, I kind of have an idea how it's laid out uh, and the process behind it. So it just, again, when we talk about it being easier for people to recognize within your own company, if you have that consistency, all the way through, it, it makes it easier for your workers to, to, to identify what has to be done. I mean, the emergency thing's a big thing, right? So. I think that brings, 
to mind the fact that if I'm if I'm referencing a CSA standard, I'm often not reading it front to back. There's often something I'm looking for. So just like you said, I'll I'll sort of know approximately where to start to to make that reference. Same with an SDS. Depending on the context I'm using it, whether it's an urgent situation or a, a proactive situation, there's different sections that I'm probably going to go to first to inform myself. You know, I, I know where to find PPE. I know where to find first aid treatment because exactly. that's what we're typically looking for, exactly, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, for sure. I know I know what sections to look at. So and because it was written that very specific way, you you know how to how to find these things and where to find these things. Exactly, and and for a lot of our workers in the field who aren't going to, in all reality, be sitting there and reading the manual on a regular basis from page one to page. 673, whatever your program goes to, that's key so that they can use it as that reference material when they need it to find what they need. You know, and the supervisors themselves will be able to, you know, generate that information they need to be able to pass on to their workers. And it's the same thing, right? They'll be able to find out where it is, whether it be through a toolbox talk, kill board, wherever you want to call it. Uh, It's it's all there. They'll be able to get that information. And I guess one final thing playing on that that I want to cover here is in the roles and responsibilities. I think it really plays nicely into that too, if you're keeping some consistency, especially around the language of the roles and responsibilities. So that, you know, if you have a supervisor in your in your program, you know, but out in the out in the field perhaps you have four persons or uh, project managers or project coordinators and that those people, once they know what you're calling them in the manual, they know. Right. So it's not changing here. I'm called a supervisor here. I'm called, you know, a superintendent here. I'm called management, you know, that they know where they fit in terms of those procedures. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think this has been a great uh, little chat here. I hope that it gave some insight, but this is a tricky topic. So if anyone's listening and this is still baffling, just reach out to us. It's one of the roles that we have. In addition to reviewing audits, we also get to be proactive and we get to talk to you guys ahead of time when you have questions. So reach out to core at ihsa.ca um, and you know ask to be in put, put in contact with a core consultant or ask for one of us by name and we'll be happy to, uh, happy to help you out for sure. Uh, guys, any final words on this one? Uh, I, the only tip that I can say is, you know, keep things the same let's have it standardized throughout the organization don't have one part of the organization doing it one way and the other part of the organization doing it the other way and then you know somebody else does it some other way mm-hmm. uh, let's get it all the same should never hinge on that one person yeah no for sure and and and, and why create or recreate the same same thing over and over like True. You know, reinventing the wheel <laughs> as, as, they as we say. sometimes say right yeah. efficiency yeah it's there let's just build on it right so let's get that standardized that get out of your own way kind of thing right you can just get down to the actual business of doing business exactly (laughs) yeah exactly okay thank you guys this has been a really good chat uh thanks for coming in no problem thanks man thanks man IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.